Welcome to the Relaunch Podcast. And today is one of those interviews that you never know what's going to come out of our mouths. But I got to tell you, it will be, it will definitely be enlightening because the gentleman I have with me is somebody that I've had the pleasure now of talking a few times. And each time I garner more and more wisdom and inspiration. So I am so excited to welcome Robert Riopal, who is an international best-selling author He's not only that, but he's an app designer, as well as an entrepreneur and trainer who has spent the past 18 plus years traveling around the world, sharing his passion. He's also shared the stage with and trained many of the top trainers and thought leaders in the world today. And today he's gonna be sharing that wisdom with us. This episode is brought to you by the Fired Up Entrepreneur Program. And this is a program that we are so proud of. The results have been downright remarkable. And we want to invite you to get a glimpse of what it is like inside this program by inviting you to participate in the Business Bootcamp, which is a five-day free event and get involved with this because the pearls that we're going to be sharing each and every day are going to be the foundation for allowing you to make money, keep the money, grow the money and strengthen not only your business, but also yourself. So please take advantage of this and join us at our next bootcamp. You're listening to the Silver Lined Relaunch, and I'm your host, Hilary DeCesar, award-winning entrepreneur and transitional coach. Each week, I'll invite you to tune into inspirational stories, revealing how you too can turn ordinary experiences into the extraordinary. Feeling stuck? I'll share step-by-step -step strategies to fuel your ability to experience a life where silver linings are both abundant and possible. So Robert, welcome. That, I mean, I feel like I crossed everything there. I got a little of your tech. I got a little of your speaking. I got writing. I got everything. You are the man, the myth, the legend, and you're here today. Well, I'll tell you, you put the pressure on me. You're like, I've got to say something thought provoking. I got to say something enlightening. <laughs> oh, what am I going to do? <laughs> I, am, I am so ready and happy to be here, Hillary, because I know we're going to not only um, just, we're going to have a great conversation, we're probably going to impact some people's lives and we're going to have a heckle of a lot of fun at the same time. Well, and we always do, don't we? Right. Life's I mean, short not to have fun. That is definitely true. So I wanted to, you know, first off, you, you talk about being on stage with some of like the, the elite of the elite. Can you share with us? Can you drop some names here? Are you allowed to do that? Come uh, on. It's I in am, your bio. Hilary. I figure, you know, I'm that girl who's going to ask. <laughs> what, one of my favorite ones probably, because not only am I a trainer, but I love being a host. Because when you're hosting an event, not only do I get to then be a speaker, but then I get to really be in the green room and really talk to the other trainers and speakers as well. And so one of the favorite ones I had was in 2009. 
I'm actually officially retired. I'm taking a break. But friends of mine were putting on an event. They said, Robert, we need you to be the host. And I was waiting for a back surgery. And I'm like, guys, sorry. I, I'm, I've been in bed for six weeks. Can't get out of bed. Uh, you know, they say my surgery's not for months. Your event's coming up. Not going to happen. And things being what they were, all of a sudden my um, a cancellation came in. I got my surgery done three weeks before the event. And first call I made is like, uh, guys, if you still want me, I'm in. Because they really intrigued me, even though I was on a break and I told people I wasn't going to train in that. They're like, but we need you. I'm like, oh, who do you have? And they said, well, our first guest is going to be the Dalai Lama. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, all of a sudden interest. you're like, uh, okay, I can make time for that. Yeah. I said, who, who else? You know, oh, you know, Sir Richard Branson, oh, F.W. De Klerk, uh, Stephen Covey Sr., uh, Vision Lacchiani, Les Brown, Barbara DeAngelis, uh, and on and on and on. There's like 18 or 19 of the most amazing thought leaders. And I literally dragged myself out of bed to go host that event. Now, hindsight being 2020, I don't know if I should have because I didn't take care of myself, Hillary. Mm. Three days after the event, I re-herniated my disc, ended up back in the hospital for a second back surgery. So, you know, there's, oh, a, yeah. okay. there's a learning lesson. So the real question is, all right, Dalai Lama and Sir Richard Branson and all the others, not sure even those incredible people would want, you know, would make me want to have a second back surgery. I mean, right. Oh yeah. Not sure I'd go I, there, but you know what? 2020. Yeah. The, the <laughs> list was impressive. And so that everyone out there can just understand the, the energy that Robert brings to a crowd and to even conversations like this, he just, you can feel it. You can just feel what, you know, what, what's emanating from you. And it's just so incredible that why we're here <laughs> is to really talk about you and your most. Now that could be right there. That story could be one of the top relaunches, right? Going into a second backstory, but I know but I know that there's something more. There's something that we touched on last time we talked. And I'd love for you to walk through where, you know, your journey first off and how you got to your most significant relaunch. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and I look back at my life and since, especially having those initial conversations with you, my life has been relaunch after relaunch after relaunch, which, you know, there's you're two a serial powerful... relauncher. Is that what you're That's saying? It. We'll have to call that a Cree launcher, serial relauncher, Cree launcher. Let's create words while we're doing this. And, uh, Let's do that. I, I like it. I actually live by two very powerful words. And those words are what's next mm. because life and the world is always changing. Uh, hello. You know, we'll talk about the most recent one, which was March 10th, 2020. I had to do a big, you know, reinvent, but, um, growing up in a family where it was about, you do whatever you need to do to take care of your family, legal, ethical, moral. But you look for that job that's secure. You look for the job that's going to pay you the most, whether you like it or not. If it's supporting your family, that's what you do. But I've always been an entrepreneur and I've always thought kind of outside of the box. And so here I am, I'm doing and being the good son. I'm getting these jobs. And at the age of 21, I'm being laid off from my third company. And this was a factory I thought I would work for for the next 40 years, be a general manager even of one of their factories. And so imagine my surprise when they go, oh, we're shutting the factory down and you were laid off as, as of last week. And here mm. where I live, we're in the middle of an oil bust at the time. I'm still a newlywed. I want to take care of my family. So I go on, put the suit, the tie, the jacket and look for that real job. But there's no work. And so I decide to do something until I find that job. And I start delivering pizzas for Domino's Pizza. 
And I actually started having more fun and making more money than I had made in my real job. And because of my work ethic and just who I am, I ended up becoming a manager. My wife became my assistant. And we're doing that for about a year and a half when our franchisee walks in and says, I'm selling my two stores. I want to let you know. I went into panic mode because I knew we had been around enough stores being sold that the new owners come in and right away let go of the managers because they want to bring their team in and rerun the store their way. And so my mindset went, oh crap, we better get a hold of the other franchisees in the city and find out how who needs a manager. And my wife looks at me and she goes, why would we do that? We're qualified <laughs> to be franchisees. Why don't we just buy this store? And I look back at her, I'm like, because we don't have any money. That's why we don't do that. Because uh, I think, Hillary, it takes money to do buy a business. Or that's what my mindset was back then. My wife, being the youngest of five, raised by a single mother, they learned and she was raised, you figure out a way to do what you need to do. So mm. we dove in, how do you buy so a that's, business? That's a great home? piece of advice right there. Yes, yeah. you oh, do. Oh, my goodness. Well, and I'll tell you, uh, you know, I, I'm very blessed in many ways. One of the many ways is I met my wife when we were 13. We started oh, dating when we were 16. We got married when we were 19. And in two months, we celebrated our 33rd wedding anniversary. Oh, don't do, see. Don't do the math of how old I am. <laughs> no, but you know what? That is such, that is, that is so incredible. So at 19, you're married and you said by 21, you had already been laid off of three jobs. So you're really scrambling to try to make. I am. To try yeah. to make life work. And I, I love what you said when you said, you know, when you grew up, you made things work, whether you like it or not, right? Yep. Liking yep. your job, loving your job, mm, just keep well, doing the job. The advice that kind of went hand in hand with that um, came from my mom. She was a big believer that no matter what's going on in your world, the moment you walk into work, you leave your problems at the door. You do not bring them in with you. And so at Domino's, as an example, I was given the nickname, Mr. Happy, because the moment I'd enter the door, I'd be there to cheer everybody up because you know how one person with a negative attitude can impact and infect the whole um, store, right? So I'd go in and I'd make it my mission. If someone was not in a good mood, I wouldn't harass them, but I would find out how's your day going? What can I do to brighten it up? And I would actually um, not leave them alone until they were happier mood. And so it got to a point where I'd open the door and you'd hear, Robert's here, everybody cheer up. And you'd feel the energy <laughs> shift because they knew that I wanted to work in a great environment. And so, you know, and, and I'll be the first to admit, and in total seriousness, I would not be having a conversation with you today if it wasn't for my wife. Mm. She left my own um, ways. I'd be in a job, miserable as hell, but comfortable, not thinking I should or could do anything more. But she's not willing to let me play smaller than I am, even mm. if it means giving me a swift kick in the butt. And of course, I'm always open to when she gives me that advice, right? Play bigger, not. But I've learned <laughs> to embrace it because she's, you know, more times than not, she's very right about it. Uh, she sees things I don't. And so when she said, let's find a way to buy the store, we made a lot of mistakes for about four or five months, making a ton of mistakes. But every time we made a mistake, we learned something. And also next thing you know, we knew what to say, what not to say. And we had the confidence that when we went to our bank and we said, here's what we want to do, they didn't give us the financing for our store. They actually gave us 100% financing for both the stores my franchisee had for sale. And all oh, of a sudden we were franchisees. Of like, two stores. <laughs> two yeah. stores. And I'll tell you, um, hindsight being 2020 again, 
we knew how to run a Domino's pizza, but we didn't know how to run a business. And there's a huge difference there. Oh, let's, can we just stop right there? Cause that (laughs) is, I mean, so many people get into, oh, I, I'm going to start a business, but -hmm. they don't have any idea how to put a foundation down so that they can actually have success that is repeatable success, that is scalable success. Yes. And that is, it's so, it's, it's an overlooked piece of the most important puzzle piece of the whole thing, right? If there's that one thing that, you know, the secret of the whole puzzle, that's it. Well, and, and that, you know, let's give a statistic. Domino's Pizza loved to tell everybody. They said the average age of our franchisees are 23 years of age. And why? Because you couldn't just buy a store. You had to successfully manage a store, meet a bunch of criteria, and then you're qualified. And so my wife and I were 23 when we became franchisees. So we were right in that statistic. But the statistic they did not like to share is that the average new franchisee went bankrupt in six months. Wow. And it's because they came in. Yeah not knowing how to do the business side going i'll do it my way i'll reinvent the wheel instead of following the systems that tom monahan the founder of Domino's, put in place and also an ego would come in i'll do it my way next thing you know they're out of business and the only reason we didn't go out of business is because our philosophy was like a we can't afford an accountant we'll do it on our own we're already working seven days a week in the store but we'll do the accounting too and also two years in when the when the um, government's going, hello, you have a business, you have to do these things called financials. We've finally hired an accountant and they looked at us and they said, how the heck did you survive these last two years? You shouldn't have. But our philosophy was, if there's money in the bank, we must be doing all right. <laughs> I do not recommend that for people. <laughs> no. No. So I love where this is going because, you know, it, it's tough to be Mr. Happy when you're, when you're all of a sudden like, um, yeah. I've got to make this work. I've got to, you know, but somehow yeah. you were able to, I want to talk about two different things. One, keep it going, but also you were, you had a unique trait about yourself. You had this uniqueness of how to remain in that elevated state. Yeah. And how, how do you, how do you, when you look back and I know you, you do it now, but it's, it's automatic, but how did you, how did you learn how to do that? Well, for us, failure wasn't an option because in both of our families, they didn't want us being entrepreneurs because everybody was in a job and you guys are taking too big risks. And so it was, you know, almost like, well, we're going to prove we can be. And, um, I, I, there's a lot of spots I wanted to quit, but my wife wouldn't let us. Thank goodness again. <laughs> and so as all of a sudden we started, you know, we figured it out and we started doing well. And all of a sudden the family went from looking at us like, oh, what are you guys doing to, oh, look what you guys are doing, <laughs> right? And, and it, the energy shift. And one of the things that's worked really well for my wife and I is if there's something we don't know, we're going to learn. If there's, we need help and understanding, we're going to ask because we learned the hard way that not having assistance is the wrong way to do it. And so we worked a lot of hours and we were young, so we could put in the seven days a week, you know, open to close. We had the two stores. We had a partner who ran one and we were a silent partner. We supported that store for three years. 
and finally said enough of that <laughs> you know cut that store off took another store out of bankruptcy turned it around and because we started learning systems and that was the biggest thing is as we learn the systems i'm a big believer like um at the end of our domino's pizza time what we were actually doing my wife and i in a partnership with someone we'd go into a store that was bankrupt or about to go bankrupt and within three months we could walk out of that store with the staff and um, the sales and the profits going up 100 plus percent and people go how are you guys doing this and we said easy we're going in and cutting out all the crap that's not the domino's pizza system we're bringing it back to the basics teaching the staff to do the basics which number one customer service number two you follow the freaking system and yeah we looked like rock stars because we were able to turn these locations around and all i love we what you just said do you, you do the basics Yep. That's right. It. We get so fancy. We get so like, you know, we, you gotta, you gotta cut it down, cut the fat off. And then you're, you know, you're running lean and mean. And yep. as you're saying, you know, this whole, this whole idea, cut, you know, cut it down, just do the basics. Yeah. And, that, and it's, it's crazy. And mm -hmm. I'll tell you, that was a lifetime ago. We learned that the, the first of April, this just not April fool's joke, but actually it was 20 years ago, this past April 1st, that my wife and I sold our last store. And that's when we became financially free for the first time at the age of 32. And people go, was it from the sale of the store? No, because <laughs> you know, eight years in, we were now doing really, really well, but now we want to keep up with the Joneses. Yo, know, we're, we're successful. We have a store that's in a resort community on a lake. That means we should own a boat. So we bought a boat. <laughs> We couldn't afford a boat, but we bought a boat and our busy season was boating season. So where do you think the boat's at? In our driveway, looking nice because we couldn't go in it. We had no time, but that's what we did. And by the time we were eight years into franchising, we were actually over $150,000 in personal debt and going down quickly because we were outspending all the money we were making. Oh, and now I want people to hear that again, because here you are on the outside, perception, you know, is, is the reality. And, you know, everyone thinks that, Hey, they're doing so great. They've got that boat yep. sitting there, but yet you are now getting yourself into debt because you're spending more than you're making. And that happens far too often when people start to make money. What? I'm think, not the only one that did that. <laughs> this is so common. <laughs> and then you start to realize, you know, it becomes this like addictive behavior where mm -hmm. you start to spend and then you spend some more and then you spend and you build up the credit cards and it just keeps going. And, you know, all of a sudden you wake up and you're like, I'm 150,000 in debt. Yep. And, and, and we, what, what, we sold Mr. Happy was Mr. Happy coming out at oh. that point. Well, you know, on the outside. Yeah. But on mm -hmm. the inside, I've never experienced stress. My wife and I, the stress we were going through, it wasn't good for our health. wasn't good for relationships. It wasn't good for anything. And, and, you know, we sold our one store out of duress. And what's interesting is when you're feeling stressed out, people can sense it. And back then I looked at it that the guy who eventually bought the store, he took advantage of us. But when I started getting on the other side, I went, wait, we're the ones that let him treat us that way. Oh, you and took responsibility, 100% responsibility for that, for that purchase. Yeah. Yes, because it's yeah, not it that person. It was that you were allowing yourself to get into that yep. position. Prices going down, um, takeover delays. 
came to the point where we ended up being the financing because the store was paid off. So we pay, um, financed the loan for them, taking monthly payments instead of a lump sum, which didn't help our financial situation, all that stress. Now, that's interesting. We sold that store on January 8th of, 20, uh, 2000 and, of 2000. Now, fast forward, all of a sudden, we get introduced to a three-day training that's going to teach us why we're in debt. And we did not want to go. The only reason we showed up was to get our money back because we spent money we didn't have to go. We were caught up in the excitement. So we showed up to get our money back. Thank goodness they knew what was going on in our mind and they wouldn't let us, you know, they didn't do it in an arrogant way because I was ready for a fight. Tell me I'm not getting my money back. Kindest woman in the world, still a good friend today. She's like, look, come in till the break. I'll find out what I can do to get you a refund. So I go out to the vehicle. Come on, honey, we got to go in, blah, blah. By the time the break comes, we're in the energy. She comes finds us. Oh, you want to talk about your refund? And we're like, what refund? Get away from us. We don't need a refund. We're having too much fun. That weekend, we <laughs> oh, learned that's why we're in debt. We, this is where we learned to take responsibility, quit blaming others for our situation. And then we also learned specifically what could we do if we wanted to get out of debt. And from leaving that, that was June of 2001, that event. Nine months later, in um, April 1st of 2022, um, 2002, we ended up going from the $150,000 in debt to being retired completely financially free at the age of 32 in nine months because of the change we made in us. Oh, okay. So, you know, people would kick me off the air here if I didn't say, what were the, the main things that you did differently? First one, we simplified our life. We looked at all the things that we were like the boat, and all these expenses. And we started cutting that fat. You know, hey, successful people have two vehicles. We were always at the store together with one vehicle. Why the heck did we need two with all the expenses? So we sold the boat, we sold the car, and we started thinking on that, what don't we need right now? Sure, we may want it, but what don't we need? And we started thinking long-term instead of that instant gratification. And as we started really cut down on our um, expenses, we all had just learned about something called passive income, money working instead of you. Hey, we both grew up in families where you worked for your money. You don't learn how to get money working for you. What do you mean? You must be doing something illegal if money's working for you. That was our whole family's mindset. And that is so, that's such a great comment that you said that, you know, most of us are, you know, you work for money, you work mm -hmm. for money. Well, if money's in this energy and you're working for it, working for it, it's like, it's just, you know, it's never going to be plentiful. But when you let money start working for you, that is a completely different mindset. Yeah, it is. So good. It was so funny. And this is going to date me and some people on your, I may not even remember this, but do you remember when you used to get checks in the mail? <laughs> how people would pay you? Yes, I do. <laughs> well, when we first retired, and we're living in our RV and we're traveling around um, volunteering at events now because we want to stay in this energy. I know I'm a procrastinator and your environment is definitely stronger than your willpower. So I knew if we went back to no environment, we'd go back into our old negative habits. So we started volunteering everywhere we could at um, events where we were meeting amazing people and we're creating passive incomes. And we go to our mailbox every three or four weeks back in the city where it was. And I'd open it up and there'd be a bunch of checks in there from all these passive incomes. And I'd go down to the bank and I'd be depositing 30, 40, $50,000. And one day the teller looked at me and goes, Mr. Riopel, I have a question. So what is it? She goes, every time you're here, you're depositing 30, 40, $50,000 in checks. 
what do you do? And I looked at her, I go, I don't know, I have fun. <laughs> because I had totally switched our energy from thinking it had to be work, 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 hopefully get a return to let's do our proper due diligence. Let's make the smart decisions. Know that we're going to lose on some investments because nobody always just wins. And but have the systems. Oh, there's that word again. Systems in place that we take the emotion out of the investing. And also in our financial life just started turning around like crazy. And it was like, this is obviously working. And that's mm. when I found my passion to do this. Oh, this is so great because I mean, you know, we opened up the story with you being on stages, you know, asked to be hosts, asked to be speaker, asked to be all these great things with these people that are so admired and you're right there with them. And when you go back to, you know, the, the two domino stores, when you started out and, and going forward and then hitting that rock bottom where it wasn't even rock bottom, it was negative 150 thousand dollars under the rock. Um, now all of a sudden you, you've shifted that and you made such a great comment. And I just want to make sure that everyone out there is really understanding the idea that when you are blaming the energy is at a very low frequency, mm -hmm. blame is very low. So that's what you're putting out. And we know it's, it's like a magnet. You attract what you put out. And so yep you started to attract more of that and then you changed it. And by going to this event, and a lot of times it is changing your state. It's changing your environment. It's changing something that allows you to just be like, wait, I always say like, you know, imagine you're in this um, fog and you just like, okay, you get above the fog. You're like mm -hmm. in a plane, you just, okay, what are you going to do? You're going to get above the fog. And what happens when you're above the fog? it all of a sudden is clear. You all of a sudden, you know, I can see clearly now the, you know, the rain is gone that. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so you're yeah. saying exactly that where you, you learned a few key things that just resonated with you. And I love the way you just said, you know, simplify your life, you know, what don't you need long-term, you know, what is the long-term goal? What are you really trying to go for? And try to understand how do we really get to passive income? And I think people are following this, but maybe we can do a little bit more with passive income because I know that yeah. people are sitting here on the, the edge of the seat saying, hey, that sounds pretty good to me, but yeah. help people understand what's the first step that they can actually take to get some passive income coming in. Yeah, first, quit overthinking it. Second, just take one step. And because there's so many, there's two main types of passive income investment, which is money working for you, stocks, bonds, stuff like that, or business working for you. And so I want everybody to visualize having a room in their home where they walk into that room and it's just shelf after shelf of all these little machines spitting money out at you. That's what business passive income is. And so as our dominoes, as an example, we could have, when we decided to sell our last store, we didn't have any stress about it because it was like, if it sells, great, no stress this time. If it doesn't, it's now running on its own, making us money without us being there because we systemized it, had a great manager in place. So it was like spitting out that automatic money to us. And we only had to check on it once a month. So we had systemized it, made it a passive business income. And so I want to give a kind of a back step though and give a clarification because here's what holds so many people back, um, Hillary, from creating the wealth and the financial success. 
people hear my story as an example, they go, how did you go from $150,000 in debt to wealthy in nine months? And first of all, I'm going to say I didn't. Let's, let's be totally transparent here. At nine months, I still had expenses. But the basic understanding of what financially free is, is when your passive income is greater than your expenses, meaning you have enough money coming in without you working to pay for your expenses, whether you're working or not. Now you're financially free. And so when my wife and I at the nine month mark, we still had debt, but we are now technically financially free, barely, but we're there. But here's where the magic comes in. See, all of a sudden, the moment we became financially free, we had up until that point been working 50, 60, 70 or more hours a week in our stores trying to earn a living. And if I was magically to sit here and go, Hillary, here's 50 more hours a week for you to do with whatever you want. Do you think you could do something with that time? That financial freedom gave us time freedom because all of a sudden now we weren't having to work for a living. We had all this freed up time because we were financially free. And so we made a commitment and it goes to what you said, you know, whether you want to say what you focus on expands, law of attraction, whatever it is, we said, we're going to take 10 hours a week of this new time we just were given. So it's not like it's extra time. It's new time that we now have freed up. We're going to take 10 hours and focus on creating wealth 10 hours a week. And all of a sudden the creating wealth came so easily. So what I want people to hear me say is this, don't try to go from debt and stress to wealth. Get financially free first so that you have that time freedom and then go for the wealth and watch how much easier uh, and how much more balance you'll have in your life with that. Okay. <laughs> that was so good. And when you talk freedom, freedom allows you to be who you really want to be. Yes. It takes any shackles that have been placed on you and you literally like break away. So when you talk about having to go and grind through and you're like, I got to work hard. I got to, you know, I've even heard the, you know, got to work till my eyes bleed, got to do this, got to do that. That's been the only way, <laughs> only way to get ahead right? Is I got to, you know, I can't go to bed right now. I got to keep working and I got to get up early tomorrow and I got to work Saturday. got to work Sunday. And instead go for that financial freedom. And as you, as you defined it, it wasn't that you were out of debt. It's that you were making more than your expenses. Without and me having to work for it. Without, with, it was, and it was just, it was like, imagine yeah. you go to bed and let's say your course, let's say your online store is actually making money. So when you wake yeah. up, you look and it's like, bam, you got some, you got some, yeah, ka -ching, <laughs> you got some cash there. But then wealth, let's take this one step further. Wealth, being wealthy, having wealth in terms of richness. I always like to say, you know, there's rich and then there's the richness of life. Yes. And I believe that there's a big difference when I'm coaching one-on-one -on -one and I'm talking to somebody and he's like, you know, I just, I've always wanted to be rich. And I think, okay, you're probably not my guy because just rich 
is not going to be something that I'm going to be able to feel good about having happen. Sure, we can get you there, but then there's always that connection between that wealth and the richness of your life, right? It's when yes. there's no um, delineation between your personal and your professional life, you realize that you're bringing yourself into those, those times, those biz, the business, right? The business is a direct reflection of you. Tell us more about your views and how you coach people on wealth building. Yeah. It's gotta be in all areas of your life. Cause we're holistic, mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, and financial, because the area that you don't add wealth into is the area that's going to sabotage you and take you out. And you know, the people that'll go, but to get successful, my family's going to pay the price. And this is where it's the coaching comes into the little finite details as an example of families. They think it's about quantity of time. I don't spend enough time with my family. No, the problem is that when you're with your family, your mind's not because you're worried about other things. So put in the practice of that when I'm with you're with your family, you're with your family and it becomes quality time. And I, and I learned this from my Zen teacher because, you know, I did a four day Zen retreat where my wife and, of and I course you, Of course you did. Right? <laughs> I love that. Well, and, and picture this, four days of absolute silence. I think it was the best four days of our marriage my wife's ever had. <laughs> I couldn't speak. And How'd you handle that? Wait, 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 that's another discussion, but. <laughs> it is, it is. Ew, I'm and, thinking and, of you quiet for four days. Oh my goodness. It was, it was amazing. And we were in this beautiful location and at night we could ask a question and there's a question that was in my mind that had been bugging me but i didn't have the courage to ask and another woman she said to our zen teacher said sherry meditating. meditating is easy but when i go home i've got a family i've got a job i've got a business i don't have time to sit here for 20 minutes and go um, and meditate what do i do and in my mind i'm going yeah 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 answer that one and sherry's answer actually changed my life she said, meditation is nothing more than being present. She said, so as an example, anything that you're doing in your day, right now, you and I, Hillary, we're having a conversation. Am I aware of what's going on around? Yes, but I'm present here right now with you, which means I'm meditating. And so my goal is to meditate as much as I can throughout the day. So even when I'm on the other side of the world, one of the rituals my wife and I have is we, even if I've been all 12, 13 hours on stage and I'm tired before I go to bed we get on FaceTime so we can see each other for five minutes minimum and one of the things that if I start drifting or she starts drifting because we both do the other person can tell we don't get upset we just simply look at each other and say come back to me and mm -hmm. that's a signal to say I drifted and it's like okay I'm here now and in those five minutes of being present quality time that allows us to no matter where in the world we are, if we're not together, that allows us to stay connected. So imagine now a family that they're being able to move forward because yes, you're going to have to put some work in to get to another level. This is the long-term thinking. So it's having the willingness to say, you know what? Even if I'm tired, if I'm with my kids, I'm with my kids. They know I'm here. They know I'm with them because it's all about them. And what you'll find is also in the family then comes on board to say, hey, we've got your back instead of going, oh, really? You're leaving again? It's like, oh, I know when you're back, we're going to be connected. Robert, that is the biggest pearl. You know, you look at that, you know, that message of, and you're right, as we're sitting here, you and I are very much focused 
we are present, we are thinking about, you know, what, what is needed for people to hear that will resonate with them. It's like, it's such a beautiful experience. And then we, you know, it's so easy to, you know, close down the computer, turn off the, you know, the camera, turn off the light and be like, all right, all right, now you go in and you're quickly doing something and you're racing through it. You're not being present. You're just doing it to do it. And I believe that you have to be really present even even as you're drinking water. Be be thankful, be grateful, understand that water, you know, I, I heard this from a very wise, wise man that said, you know what, even the water has energy. So imagine as you're drinking it, infuse it with your mind saying, you know, what power it has, how exciting that, you know, I get to drink this. There's people on this planet that don't even have the opportunity to do that. And I have it in my hand, an unlimited supply. And it changes everything when you start to look at it from that grateful, so awesome. What I'm doing right now, people I'm meeting, you know, you get back to Mr. Happy and you know, Hey, Hey, Robert's here, everyone, (laughs) you know, smiles, smiles. (laughs) And one of the things I want your audience to understand though, too, is this message that you and I have in this conversation. If you would have known me 30 years ago, you wouldn't recognize me Mm. because I was, uh, you know, all this stuff would have been made too, like too out there. Oh, yeah, no, no, this isn't real. This doesn't make sense. And, you know, and there's people, there is people that are too much on the woo-woo side, but there's also people on way too much on the practical side. I was way too much on the practical side. And so on the pendulum of life, I invented a new word. I call it practa-woo. And I like to stay in the practa-woo phase because um, you talk about the power of your mind with water. Mm. You remember that show, Supersize Me, that changed McDonald's, changed the world? yes. Well, here's how powerful that is. He set out to prove a point, which he did to millions and millions and millions, changed a lot of things, got rid of supersize. One of my brother-in-laws, he decided to do a little test. He decided to follow that gentleman's exact schedule, everything he did, everything he ate for six period. But the only difference was every time before he put any bite into his mouth, he would bless the food and say, this is healing my body. This is nurturing me. And we're talking, what, 2,500, 3,000 calories per meal type thing. In six months, he never gained an ounce. He never had a health issue, nothing. And the only difference was the information and energy he put into the food before every conscious bite. He didn't just woof it down, every conscious bite. Three meals of McDonald's a day. That, I've, I, you know what, that is such a great story because I, you know, like you, I mean, I was, I, they actually, you know, called me a pit bull when I was at um, Oracle for almost 10 years, you know, I was like all logic-based and what's fascinating is a couple nights ago, you know, I wake up in the middle of the night sometimes and I just start thinking about, you know, all the changes that have happened in my life. And I wrote down who knew woo could be so good for you. <laughs> and I just pulled it up on my phone. Who knew woo could be so good so for good. you? Oh, I love it. I because, love it. You know, you'll probably see it on my, you know, Instagram any day now. Cause I'm sure my, uh, my, 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 uh, marketing gal is going to be like Hillary, but it's so true. And we, we take it for granted and we think like, you know, I mean, you and I both went from the dark side to the light side. Right. And now we understand a little bit more, but 
I, I the way I look at it, there's no downside. There's oh. no downside for having that better attitude, positive attitude, yeah. presence, you know, being present. Nothing bad has ever come from somebody being totally present with their kids, right. present with their spouse. I mean, it's a good thing. <laughs> it is. And if you want to have a little bit of fun with your audience, you know, they want to see how powerful this is. You know, think of another um, uh, documentary that came out just last year that really upset a lot of people, which was The Social Dilemma. And I don't know mm -hmm. if you watch that one. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how dare they track us? How dare they? All these algorithms, yada, 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 yada. Well, my friend who you're going to be meeting in Denver, Aaron, he started looking at it in a different way. And he gets on the phone with me. He says, Robert, we got to check this out. And I said, what's that? He said, this is actually the greatest example of law of attraction in the world. And I'm like, clarify. He says, well, think about it. If you go on there and you're pissed off at someone's comment and all of a sudden you have to reply to it and all of a sudden your feed gets full of all the same kind of things and you're like, why is this happening? And it's because you focused on that. He said, so try this. And this is what I'm going to recommend to your audience. Because they're tracking how slow you go through, slow your scroll is what I'm going to say. And if it's something that you, you don't like the energy, just don't even give it energy. Just go past it, speed the scroll up. And the items that you like, instead of just giving them a like, practice putting the heart on them. And just go and put hearts on things that you like. Don't comment on anything else, especially things that you don't like the energy. And watch how quickly your feed instantly will start showing you all the things you like, that you've been loving. And you'll see all the ugliness go off of it because you're actually controlling it. And it, this is a hundred percent true as well. And I'm going to say one last thing. And my husband's going to be probably listening to this and saying, Hillary, I can't believe you went here. So my husband is a, uh, you know, he, he loves dogs. He loves the baby videos. He loves all these things. But one day this cat video came on and he hearted it or did something. Next thing you know, what happened to his feed? It became oh, yep. cat <laughs> Haven, every cat video. And he's like, how do I turn this off? And you know what I said? I said, start hearting other things. That's right. And right. make sure you don't do any more cats. And so, yes, it did. So brilliant, brilliant. Robert, this time has flown by. I am like sad to say I am sad. I want to get happy again, which means I have to ask you eventually, we are going to bring you back for part two, oh, because this was time. too good, too good. You ask and I will be here. Well, how can people get in touch with you, stay connected to you? Yeah, well, you know, I believe our time is one of our most precious commodities that we have. And the fact that you took your precious time to interview me, and more importantly, your audience has taken their precious time to listen to this aerodynamic goofball having fun. I would love as a gift for us, if they just go to my website, robertrealpel.com, just me, they're actually going to be able to download the digital copy of my um, international best-selling book, Success Left a Clue, as our gift to them. But I am going to say this, though, Hillary. This comes with a caveat. See, I didn't write this book for people to read it or download it and put it on the shelf and make it shelf help. That's not why I wrote it. See, I, all my travels around the world, the biggest difference between success and non successful people take action. And step three in my book is you have to take action. So I wrote this as actually a workbook and there's action steps in it. And because I am goofy and I love to have fun, I even write in it in some places I go, hey, did you do the last action? 
If not, stop reading right now. Go back and do the action before you continue reading. And I'm going to make a promise to your audience. If they download the book, they read it and do the action steps, their life will go to another level. And as an extra special little thing, I'm in my give back phase right now. I'm not flying 200,000 miles around the world right now a year doing trainings. So I'm in a give back phase. When people download the book, they're actually going to even be able to book in a 20 minute one-on-one -on -one call with me where I, they fill out a questionnaire and I strategize and help them in their life, move forward with where they're stuck, go over obstacles. I don't do any selling. I'm there just to be of service to them for 20 minutes with me. Oh, you guys jump on this offer right away. And in our show notes, we will have everything, but success left a clue. Yes. That's the mm. book. And just robertreopel.com. So, robertreopel.com. And it's spelled exactly the way it sounds, but again, it will be in the show notes. So you can go ahead and take advantage of this generous offer. And Robert, thank you so much for being here, being present for this time and for truly enlightening us, getting us to think outside of just, you know, you got to do one to three. It's not that anymore. It's really getting yourself to that point where you change the way you look at things, your perspective and what you look at changes. And it's pretty darn cool. So this has been an absolute pleasure for me. And again, I look forward to welcoming you back on the show. And also, I know you and I are talking about doing um, some cool things together as well. So looking mm -hmm. forward to that. Absolutely. All right. At this point, everyone, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to stay connected with us. Head on over to Instagram at The Relaunch Co. Let us know what you thought of this episode. All right. Thanks again. Take care, everyone. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Silver Lined Relaunch. If I said something today that resonated with you, will you please head over to iTunes right now and leave us a five-star review and share this episode with others and help them find the silver linings as well. And don't forget, you can have immediate access to the show notes, any giveaways, and the links to those amazing beauty products at therelaunchco.com backslash podcast. Until next time, there's always a silver lining. And now is the time to hit the reset button to relaunch those transitions into transformations.